You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by That Music Teacher Store. From t-shirts to mugs to stickers and more, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com store to get all of your music teacher needs. From a shirt to wear on Casual Friday to a mug to let your coffee go cold on your desk as you teach your kids, you'll find everything you need at That Music Teacher Store. To check out the full collection, head to thatmusicteacher.com store. Welcome back to That Music Podcast. I am so glad that you have joined me again. Um, in this podcast episode, we are going to be talking about why, how I changed my tune with teaching solfege in my classroom, because I had a, a lot of conversations about how solfege was driving me nuts in my classroom and how why I hated teaching solfege. And, but then I had a little bit of a change of heart. And when I had that change of heart, it really changed a lot of what happens in my classroom is a really important change, and a lot of that uh, needed to happen. Uh, before we do that, I want to say I'm recording this in my studio um, for the first time I've recorded a podcast episode in over a month. I did a lot of podcast episode with guests, which were wonderful. If you haven't checked those out, you want to go check those back out in the library. Um, but I batched a lot of those early in the school year. So it's been a while. It's currently uh, the beginning of November, and I... I'm so glad to be chatting again with you all um, here on the podcast. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of probably an unpopular opinion, and that is that teaching solfege for the t- sake of teaching solfege is not the point. Teaching solfege is not what we want our students to leave our classrooms with. I honestly don't care if my students leave the classroom without knowing solfege. What I want them to do, and if you're watching me live on TikTok as I record this, you see my cat really trying to get into the into the microphone today. Uh, but what's the point of solfege is not to learn solfege. Solfege is not something we teach. Solfege is a tool that we use to teach singing. Solfege is a a tool that we use to teach the relationship between pitches. And once I had that kind of mindset shift that, you know, I'm not teaching solfege because it's another thing to teach. I'm teaching solfege so that my students are able to, you know, so that my students are able to sing and so that my students are able to understand the relationships between the pitches, uh, whether they're reading it off the staff or not, that mindset shift changed a lot in my classroom because it wasn't a thing I had to do. It was something that I did in order to move forward my curriculum, in order to move forward what my students needed to understand so that they were able to be um, the best musicians they can be in my classroom. Again, there's a little bit of a caveat here with saying you can be an amazing musician and not have any understanding of solfege. That is totally fine. Full disclosure, I never really understood solfege until like halfway through undergrad. I, it, it clicked. I'm like, oh, perfect. Awesome. And then when I started doing my Kodai levels, it really clicked. The why behind it. You know, in undergrad, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can... 
I can repeat this back to you. I can learn this um, in Solfege and then sing it for you for an oral skills thing. But when it comes to actually understand why we learn Solfege and the whole purpose of Solfege as, as a tool, that's what came in my Kodai training. I had so many aha moments where I was able to understand that it's not just about learning Do, Re, Mi and all that fun stuff. It's about learning how to have different relationships between the pitches so that we can apply it to future things. It's that tool again. And whenever I changed that mindset, my classroom changed because my, you know, my students felt it because I wasn't shoving soulfish down their, their throats. I was encouraging them to use this tool, but it's not the only tool. I started using this year, especially a lot more of the hand staff, where students are able to show the different notes on the staff using their their five fingers and your space. You know, five lines on the space, four uh, five lines on the staff, five fingers, and showing that and using that as a natural way to show the the distance between notes, and then applying that to solfege, and then applying that to the absolute note names, completely made it click for some of my students. Because again, we're using multiple modalities. We're not just sticking with soul in soul thought land we're not just saying all right this is soul and this is me and that's because i said so we're like hey this is soul this is me if we look at those the our our tone ladder do we have anything between it what do we have in between it and again it's that connection between what we're doing in the class and what we're seeing on the staff that i think has been really helpful once i had this mindset mindset shift now, I think it's important for us to realize that there is so much music making and so much valid music making that happens without reading the staff or without having standard notation. But for better or for worse, part of what we teach and part of you know our national standards, our state standards, our local standards are all <laughs> about um, – are involve reading off of the staff because that is important in a, in a lot of aspects. But I think it's important for us to also realize that it's not the end-all be-all. You know, there are plenty of musicians that don't read music that have m- much better um, performance opportunities and, you know, songs that they've written than I will ever write. And as long as we are using this as just another tool, another method of music making rather than the end all be all method of music making, that's where I think we can get ourselves into trouble if we if we really are stuck in our ivory tower and saying this is how music making happens when it's not. You can be perfectly fine. You can be an amazing musician and not understand solfa. You can be an amazing musician and not read off the staff. You can also be an amazing musician and do both. And that's where I think we we kind of get stuck when, as music teachers, you know, we went through undergrad. You know, we have that conservatory mindset that sticks with us, and we kind of perpetuate that conservatory mindset. And by allowing our students to understand that this is not another thing that is inherently music, this is just a tool that we use, and this is why we use it. Uh, like for me, I have, I I need to I need to know why we do things. Right? I'm always that kid that was asking, well, why? Well, why? Well, why? And once I understand the why and I'm able to see more connections about how we're doing this and how we're, we're moving along and how we're, why we're applying the things rather than just because I said so, it gets a lot more buy-in for me as a teacher. Or I, for, it would have gotten a lot more buy-in for me as a student. So that's something I'm trying to apply in my classroom. So if you're listening to this podcast or if you were scrolling through your podcast player and you saw the title of this episode, you know, Why Teaching Solfege Stinks, you might have gotten a little bit 
frustrated because, well, why, why do, why do we teach it? And the reason behind Soulfish is I don't teach Soulfish. I teach students how to sing. I teach students how to understand intervallic relationships in the music. One of the ways that I do that happens to be Soulfish. It is not the only way. It is not the right way. It is just one of the tools that I use in my melodic toolbox and in my and I give my students in their melodic toolbox to be able to understand what is going on in the classroom, what is going on in the music that they're listening to, that they're hearing, that they're singing, that they're reading. And that mindset shift for me really changed it so that it wasn't me having another thing to teach. It was another way to teach. I have a little bit of a of a benefit as someone who went through undergrad as a vocal major. I had a little bit about I have a little bit of a, a little bit of, of a benefit because you know I went through undergrad and I used solfege more often than say if you were a an instrumental major. You probably used it, but probably not as much, you know, because I was in a lot of choirs and things like that. So I kind of have a little bit more of an understanding of that, that um, the solfa language, um, because I used it more often in undergrad. So I had a conversation, I don't remember if it was in the general music mastermind, uh, Facebook group, or one of the other elementary music groups, and someone was talking about, you know, why do we teach solfege? What is the point? And we kind of got in a little um, heated discussion about, well, it's because we're told to do that's what that's what's in our curriculum. And I think it's important for us as educators to understand that we need better reasoning behind why we teach something than it's in the curriculum. So I challenge you to look at your curriculum, whether it be about SOLFA or anything else, and ask yourself, why is this included in my curriculum? Why is this something that I am teaching my students? Is it because I want them to have this understanding of this concept, or is this a tool to help them get to a bigger musical goal? If you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.